Welcome to episode three of the Redeeming Church podcast. In this episode, Mike and I will be defining what a Christian is and certainly what a Christian is not. I thought we, before we got going, we'd play a little game before our topic. Just, oh, uh, you know. I love games. Yeah, I, I feel like being a youth group guy, that's uh, that's what we're known for is uh, is the games, but... You're not wrong. The name of the game is, who is more Christian? <laughs> is that between, like, you and I? It's definitely me. Uh, well, here's how this works. Uh, I'm going to read uh, a series of people, maybe characters or tweets, and then you have to decide... Which one you think is more Christian than the other? Are you can tell me like who they're from. I'll give a little background. You you might know some of them, so this won't be okay. this won't be so hard. Um, so this is literally me judging other people. Yes, this is literally yes. at the heart of what Christianity is. Oh, we're, we're totally yep. judging other people. At what yeah. They say. Okay. Okay. Uh, question number one: Who is more of a Christian? Uh, is it a Christian Bale, the actor? Or B, Christian Yelich, the baseball player. Man, just when you said the first one, I was like, you know, just the name. Obviously, obviously, names have meaning. So Christian Bale or Christian Yelich. You know, I remember a Christian Bale YouTube video where he like yelled at someone on set once. So that wasn't very Christian-like. And Christian Yelich seems to be like a pretty nice guy from what I know. So yeah, we'll go with Christian Yelich. You know, I, I think that's a fair one. Uh, Christian Bale is also, I think a couple of years ago, during an acceptance speech for an award, said uh, he think, liked to thank the devil. Uh, oh. I, 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 so I, I think that disqualifies you. I don't wow. know. Yeah, it's just walk, but I think just by default. I wow. Think that one. But you know, that, that's kind of meant to be a trick question because calling yourself a Christian doesn't really make you one, even if that's your... Your birth name. Your given name. Even yeah. if your parents call it to call you that. All right. Um, number two, who is more of a Christian? The TV edition. Angela from The Office <laughs> or Ned Flanders from The Simpsons? <laughs> I see what you're doing there. Uh-huh. Um, you were worried that this is going to be like actual people. The fact that you even know Ned Flanders and reference The Simpsons probably means that you're not much of a Christian, Mike. <laughs> But I'll answer the question anyway. Uh, you know, I've watched wait. I've watched The Office like four times through, so that's probably not healthy. And I've watched some of the little behind the scenes stuff. And I actually know that that actress, I can't remember her name, Angela, is actually a very sweet little lady. And Ned Flanders is really probably anti Christian. So I'm going to go with Angela. Wow. Okay. So you and I would be in disagreement on that one. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I mean, Ned Flanders, he definitely is the, he's the parody of a Christian, but you know, that's true. Anti-Christian was too small too, or yeah, too, uh, yeah. too strong of a phrase. No, I, I, I think Ned's net, net solid. Oakley Doakley, number three. Uh, what movie does a better job of showing Christian, th Christian themes? Is it a God's not dead or B, Superman, Man of Steel. <laughs> um, wow. I feel like this is a loaded question, Mike. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give you a loaded answer. Neither. Really? Okay. It's the Lord of the Rings. Oh. That's the, oh, that's oh. the actual trick answer there. You know, we'll accept that answer. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a good. 
A journey to death. Come on. Oh, man. Yeah. That whole thing is a march to the cross. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they did that right. Uh, um, you know, I remember when, when Superman Man of Steel came came out, like. Which is it? It's one of my favorite super, uh, hero movies. It's been downhill from DC since that one, but that one was was very good. But uh, there was so much marketing to to youth pastors because of all the, the you know the Christian type themes, and I remember seeing it going, yeah, okay, I could take that. And I've seen maybe like the the plot points to God's Not Dead, and I'm like, yeah, not for me. Yeah, uh, Lord of the Rings. I, I think that's a good. I think that's a good one. Alrighty, well, last one. And now this is taken from uh, this is taken from Twitter. Now I've I've blurred out the names. I, I we're not we're not going to say names on this podcast. We, oh, we want to that makes it more fun though. Yeah, I know, I know. But we're um, probably good. These were things that I pulled that that I saw. These were actual things that were either tweeted or things that are a part of a person's profile. Uh, so let, let, let's see what we come out with. So um, who's more of a Christian? Person number one said this: I am a Christian and I don't go to church. I am a Christian, and I don't believe the Bible is the word of God. I am a Christian, and I do as I please. So that's person number one. Person number two, uh, this is on their, their profile. God guns freedom, melting snowflakes with the fire of patronism. And then he's got a picture of, like, Donald Trump and a fierce lion, and I can only guess the line represents Ozalon from the Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, or it's meant to represent Trump as a lion, but... You know, he's also got, I think he's got a cross on there somewhere too on, on his little like uh, background photo. So those are our two people. Which which one of those two people are uh, are more Christian, Andrew? Ooh, feels like another trick question where both of them are. No, you thought I was going to say no. it wasn't. Oh. Uh, who's more Christian? <laughs> you know, they're both on Twitter. So really, I don't think good Christians really use Twitter, so <laughs> unless you're running it for it's a church. So. Uh, right, Probably right. Probably neither. And, and this brings us back to our, our topic as to what is a, a Christian by definition, because I, I, I think today there are questions as to what a true Christian is by definition, because just because you might use the term doesn't necessarily mean you're a professing believer, right? Mm. So, I mean, you can... You know, you can say that you are a, a, a Christian because you grew up in a Christian home, or if you grew up on the Bible Belt, or like you were just so used to Christian culture, like maybe you called yourself that. Uh, maybe you can you can say you're a Christian based upon your your political views. Um, so sometimes we can see examples where where religion is more of a of, of affiliation, or you know, or, or some sort of you know, some sort of ver- a word that doesn't necessarily flesh out what it means biblically. And that's what we want to talk about on this episode today. And, and I think, um, you know, for, for us, we kind of have the, the hard part of, you know, trying to sieve through, you know, a lot of different ways that people describe what Christians are, whether, you know, because we do have different brands of Christianity where, uh, you know, we have, we have different groups that would say that they are Christian, but don't hold to some of the traditional orthodoxy or like Baptists. <laughs> Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. And, uh, for, I'm, I'm partially Baptist. Um, <laughs> and you got other groups of people who, uh, will call themselves Christian, but kind of like ditch like the word of God, uh, as something authoritative and bring in like something additional. So IE book of Mormon. So this is where we want to start. We want to start with Andrew, you know, and beginning to define what a Christian is. What would you say are like the non-negotiables? What are the, what are like the, I don't want to like say one or two things because it, 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 it's hard to, to, to bring it down, but 
from from the Bible, from what we see in God's word, what is a Christian? What is something that you cannot budge on as a follower of Christ? I think a lot more than people want to say. I think mm. I think people hope it's one thing um, or no things. Like you said, I think cultural Christianity, even there, would say whatever about the Bible and Jesus you believe is is good. Follow that respectfully. I would say no, 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 no. First and foremost, like you said about uh, people's views in the Bible, that is the word of God, every word in it. And it is the only authoritative word for living and correcting and training in righteousness. And so if you don't believe that the Bible is from God, that every word of it is God-breathed, it is the sole authority on which we base our faith and our knowledge of God in our lives, that is the first step, believing in the word of God alone for our faith and our beliefs. If you believe, you throw any, like you said, if you throw anything else in there, it starts to get real muddy real fast mm-hmm. and you're not looking at the word of God anymore. Right. And you're believing something that is not God. Well, it's kind of like that. You know, one of, one of those tweets, right, where it, it, it seems illogical to say that you can both be a Christian but not believe the Bible for what it is, right? Because I, I think, because like you said, I agree. Like, that's a huge part of it. Like, if your definition of Christianity does not include, I subscribe to the Bible because it is the word of God. If you're just like, I'm a Christian, but I throw parts of the Bible out, I think we're talking about a different faith here, right? Yep. So I think that really everything else stems from that. At that point, once you accept the word of the Lord as the sole authority, you're talking about every other belief comes from the Bible. So we're talking about things that are in there. And so, you know, number two is you believe that Jesus was fully the son of God and fully man. He wasn't half one, half the other, all one, all the other. He was Lord. And that is where... It's where we very quickly diverge from Mormonism, from some of these other faiths who might claim the Bible, who, mm-hmm. would, de- who would definitely say, oh, yeah, we believe we believe the Bible is the word of God. But then when you say, well, here's what it says. Here's what Jesus said about himself and what others said about him. Do you believe that? Well, no, they don't. And so that belief uh, following the Bible about Jesus being the Lord is key belief number two. And if you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. Yeah. That, I don't know of another, of a blunter way to say it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. If, if Jesus is not that, because like Christian, like, like the word Christian, like literally at its root means little Christ. Right. So that would, that would say that among, among your faith, like Christ has to be a very, very big part of that. And if he's not, then right, right. Then we're we're not talking about the same faith anymore, yep. right? Yeah. No, I I think that's a great point. And then I think, again, going back to what the Bible says about Christ and how to reconcile our relationship with God through faith alone, in Christ alone. And I know we're going to talk more about that in a second, but it is about believing in Christ's death and resurrection for the payment of our sins. That is. That is. I don't want to say more key because I really do believe that if you don't see the Bible's authoritative, if you don't see Jesus as fully Lord, then that third thing can't follow. Mm. So they're all just intertwined for me. Be a Christian, literally at the, really the heart root of it is the belief in what Jesus said he did. Yeah. And you believe that he did that for you. Yeah. 
You know, how much do you know about the uh, the Reformation? I feel, I feel like every good Christian should know everything about the Reformation and Martin Luther and, and John Calvin and all of that. And I feel like they reformed things. Is <laughs> that's, that that's, that's all you need to know. In but, the realm of what happened? Yes, yeah. So I, uh, I, I think of, of, you know, at the time of the, of the church uh, of Roman Catholicism and, and where the Reformation came in, where, so like the church as a whole, things just kind of went awry in a lot of different ways. And so uh, some of the basic tenets of the faith were lost. Things, you know, when it, when it came down to what does it mean to get to heaven and all that, like there were some questions about that. And, and so we get to, you know, a lot of the early reformers and, and, and war, their, their efforts and their work to go back to the word of God, essentially, right? To, to look towards the word to be this is where we're going to get, where we're going to know some of these answers to the questions of like, what does it mean to follow God? What does it mean to believe in them? And they came back to like five, like tenets of the faith that comes out of that is faith alone, in Christ alone, in God's word alone, grace alone, like no works needed to get to heaven, but God's grace, God's glory alone. Like those to me are, if you're looking for some basic points, I think those five are essential. Those five are important. And, and those five, I, I think even if you're, if you're, if you're still trying to figure out what are the other, you know, non-essential parts of, of, you know, the negotiables, which we'll talk about in a second about being a Christian, you know, faith alone in Christ alone, God's word alone, grace alone, God's glory alone. Like those things are, are key for me, right? Like if you don't have those things, if you don't believe that one of those is real. So if you think that, for example, that you still have to work yourself get to get to heaven, right? Or you have to either, you know, you go to church to like kind of pay back God for, for his grace and you do a bunch of these things out of motivation to pay him back. That That's an inconsistency, inconsistency to me. Like you don't understand actually the, the big tenet of the faith is that like that God, that Jesus saved us, right? And 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 through faith in Jesus is how we we. Um, we can call ourselves Christian. And so I, I think, you know, today, I, I feel like we sometimes see churches where we we can have people who call themselves Christian, but even miss on on those key components, right? Of like, what is faith? What is grace? What does the Bible actually mean or, or, or say? And, and yeah, like, those are things that you can't, you can't, you cannot have as part of your belief in order to be by definition, a Christian, in my opinion. Thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And especially with what you said there about feeling like there's anything we can do at all uh, to earn our salvation, which, which by the way, is strictly unique to Christianity. No other mm. religion or yeah. religious worldview holds that. Every single other one, if you research into what they believe and what they profess, believe that humans have something to do. Right. A lot of times, mostly to do with what their afterlife looks like and what, what their salvation looks like. Christianity is the only one that says it's actually not about what you do at all. Mm-hmm. It's actually about entirely what Christ did on the cross for you. And when we start to bring anything resembling works or paying God back into the equation, which I don't want to undermine the difficulty of that because we live in a reciprocal culture. If you get me a birthday gift, I'm going to feel like obligated to get you a birthday gift. You know, and my birthday's coming up, Mike. I don't know if you knew that, so... I, I didn't know that. Just pushing that. I'm not, I'm not a great gift giver. Just throwing that out there. Just so you're, you're aware. That's my love language. But we live in this culture where you do that. You reciprocate and you keep the the scales balanced, especially in Western society. Yeah. And so 
Um, I think we can feel like we need to do that, that we are pressed, obligated. Well, Christ gave his life for me, so I need to do this as more of a reciprocal thing and works-based thing instead of out of an incredible heart of thankfulness. Yeah. An incredible response to, of course, I want to give you everything and I want to do these works for you because you did this for me, not to make the scales balanced, but because it's my response. And that, and that is worship. That is what worship is, is the response yeah. to what God has done for yeah. us. I feel like that's a really good point about, about our culture where, yeah, we have like this, this thought in us that if someone does something nice for us, right, like we just have to do something nice back, right, in order to feel like we're even. But that's not the that's not how the God economy works, right? Like we can do all the good things that we could try, or right? we could try to do all these good things, and yet, you, you know, God will receive them, but those things do not give us like points, right? Like we we joke around at Sunday school how we get Jesus points, but that's not really a thing. There's no, they don't transfer, or there's no credit to that. Come again, Je- Jesus points. They're not a real thing. They're oh, <laughs> well, well, maybe this brings us to uh, crush my dreams. <laughs> Uh, this might bring us to our, our, our good, uh, I thought I was going to get to buy that cool engraved Bible later. You know, I've, I've got a, a good friend of ours who will be speaking here in, uh, on the next podcast. Uh, uh, he talks about how he's getting all these points because he teaches my Sunday school. So he gets all these points for heaven. So shout out to Steve. They're not real, Steve. They're not real. They're not real. Um, so here, here's another question we can, we can discuss here because, okay, so we have like the core tenets of the faith. Like these are the things that we should subscribe to. What is a little more negotiable, right? Like, because I think that comes up a lot of people where with people who, you know, maybe sometimes they're like, you're not a Christian if you don't hold to this, this, and this. And sometimes those are more maybe second tier type beliefs where they're important, but they don't, they're not essential for being a Christian. You know, what, what are those things that, you know, we, if we agree to the core things, what are those things that we can be a uh, secondary on? Because like sometimes in, in scripture, like admittedly, the Bible is not always clear on uncertain, uncertain mm. theological views and stances, right? And that's why we have to do the hard work of digging into his word and, and, and asking the spirit for clarity. But what, what can we say? What are, what are some of the things that, you know, if, if we disagreed on this, so for example, Andrew, if we disagree on Jesus points, can one of us still be a Christian or not? Like, what are those, those negotiables? You can't be because I'm not losing all my Jesus points just because you said they're not real. <laughs> I like that you use the word essentials because I think there are things that Christians should be doing and should be thinking and should believe that are that are essential to our faith, but strictly in terms of salvation and reconciling our relationship with God, they're not essential in that process. Yeah. So as the, both of those first two things you just talked about, you do need to believe those to have a right relationship with God, these other things are should naturally follow, but they're not involved in that salvific process. Mm-hmm. And so some That's of those distinction. So, yeah. so so some of those things are the way we do things, right? So you even have written down here baptism, the Lord's Supper, uh, these sacraments. That there's no strict way that the Bible outlines. Hey, do it this way or do it this often. And so um, while those are essentials that should be practiced, they were commanded yeah. by Christ. There's not a there's not a right or wrong way. Well, there's some wrong ways. But there's not there's not a right way that uh, some of those things should be done. Yeah, right. And and churches sometimes split on that, which, you know, at the end of the day, like, should they split because of that? No, because some of those things are not clear. Like, does it really matter? Like, when you get raptured, like, should that really be something that draws a wedge in, into you if you're pre-trip or post-trip? I think not. At my first church, we um, had a couple. It was actually one of my last Sundays, and there were a couple of youth. I was a youth pastor there, and 
couple of youth that I'd had for a couple of years and they had just accepted Christ and wanted to be baptized before I left and wanted me to do it, which was like, it was great. But the day they did it, it was like 45 degrees and raining outside. We were going to go out to this pond by the church. So we got a kiddie pool from the kids department, put it on stage and I got two pitchers of water and we went through the, the process of talking about their faith and then I poured water over their heads and that was their baptism. It was pretty untraditional and I think there's... Some pretty more untraditional ways that it happens around the world, and I think that's great and beautiful. And sure, I think the symbolism of ducking someone underwater is great when you can do that. Sure. Mimicking what you see in Scripture is great when you can do that. But because there's no explicit command, it doesn't matter. It doesn't ultimately matter. shouldn't keep those two people from becoming baptized that Sunday mm. and getting to share before people their, their faith. So. That would be that would be a great example of how it's an essential to think about how do we do this because it's commanded, but in the way in which we do it, bring it on, bring on the outside the box thinking. Yeah, well, let me, let me throw a couple other uh, other things out here. Like, do we do we have to uh, agree in these completely in order to be uh, to be Christians, or can these be negotiables? And I wrote down like a good you know uh, you know we talked about baptism, we talked a little bit about you know when we get raptured or not. Uh, I always loved, just real quick, my senior pastor, from when I first started here, had once said that uh, it's okay to disagree on this one. And then he said he's pre-trib because he doesn't want to be here when things get really bad. So that's why he's that. And I'm like, amen. And if I believe it, <laughs> if, then it happens. Then yeah. it will happen. I will name that and claim that. Yeah. Uh, God bless you, Pastor Pete. But, you know, um, I think I think one I think of, can we agree and disagree on, on issues like, say, I'll, I'll throw this one out there, creation and evolution. Because that, that one, I, I feel like... Even like, uh, like I thought you wanted people to listen to our podcast. I know. Well, well, this is where, <laughs> and maybe maybe we don't get an answer to this one. But I was thinking about this uh, because so many people interpret the Bible like young Earth, old Earth, right? Uh, and then sometimes I've seen people who will who will say, if you don't believe this about the Earth, then you're then you're definitely not a Christian. I don't know. Are are those things that we would say there can be some negotiating? I don't know. That's where maybe you and I might have some tension on this episode. Who knows? I think we we agree with one another too much, so it's good to... I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Ooh, yeah. Talk about dividing dividing the church. You, you could definitely divide a church with that, people. yeah. You know, I don't really want to share a lot of my thoughts on what I personally believe about that because because it is way too divisive, that particular topic, and it is not worth it over an issue that... See, even this next statement is going to be divisive. In the scheme of things, doesn't matter. So I'm class I'm taking in seminary this semester is Old Testament survey. First week going through Genesis, mm-hmm. and I actually pulled out my book here, um, which is a survey of the Old Testament by Andrew Hill and John Walton. If you want to buy a third edition, and at the very end of their chapter of the summary of survey of Genesis. They talk about this very thing about the creation account and different beliefs going mm-hmm. through some different beliefs people have and why they have them and how there's points to be made on all sides. And the final paragraph of the entire chapter says this, the difficulty comes in part because we are asking questions that scripture never intended to address. The point of the text is not to satisfy our curiosity about scientific matters, but to reveal to us the nature of God. Science attempts to explain origins without God. Scripture insists that the most important aspect of origins to understand is that God created. Mm-hmm. The point of the first few chapters of Genesis is not to tell us 
it only took God six days. Or to tell us it took God three billion years and that was spread out over six figurative days. That is not the point of what Genesis is trying to teach us. It was trying to counteract a lot of the ancient Near East narratives about how creation came and about what their gods did, false gods. And Genesis is saying, this is what the real God did. He created everything. That is the sole point of telling us the creation account and to get bogged down yeah. in how it happened and to, to plant firm beliefs on that hill, to die on that hill. It's something I don't understand I don't understand why that is critical to people's faith. Yeah, I loved how you how you worded that. I think the there are definitely arguments and some of these like negotiable issues, but I think that's the, the the thing to remember about some of these some of these like these like bringing back to the word like are these salvation issues or not right? Because we talked about the salvation issues, like you need to have like those core right. You know, faith alone, Christ alone, God's word right. Those are those are huge. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of things that are, are going to be, there's going to be room for discussion and and really we're not going to get answers to probably until we die, right? To stake our faith all on on whether or not we get raptured or or whether, you know, how we came to be, as long as we believe that God is the one who initiated it, you know, the process we can, we can we'll figure out someday. But yeah, I mean, those are things that I think there's room for disagreement and to where we're not going to we don't need to split over or accuse one another of not being more more Christian, right? I had a friend, Zach Ahmet, who put it this way, which I really liked which, with these different types of issues. He called them blood issues, pin issues, and pencil issues. Mm. And blood issues are those issues that if you were persecuted for your faith, you would die for. Mm. These are issues that the Bible is God's word, that Jesus is the son of God. He is who he said he is. And these are things we should be willing to spill blood over. These are things we should be willing to die on a hill over and separate as a church over. If you have people that don't believe those things, they need to leave your church and mm-hmm. they need to go find something else. Hopefully they listen and, and come to the Lord. Those are blood issues. Yeah. And then there are pin issues, these second tier things that are baptism, um, communion, some of these things where... These are important. These are these are things that we should have firm beliefs on, but recognize that we could be wrong. That it's all about mm-hmm. interpretation mm-hmm. of certain parts of scripture. Yeah, and 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 that's okay. But there are pin issues. We want to have good beliefs and convictions on these. And then there are these other issues, pre-trib, post-trib, uh, creation account that are pencil issues. It's not wrong or bad to think about these things. In fact, I would argue if you never think about them, you're not wrestling through all aspects of Christianity that we should be. So think about these things and put in pencil what you think about these, but recognize that that could change. And if they ever don't change for you, that means you have concreted an idea that has not offered concrete evidence mm-hmm. to concrete that idea. And that's okay. So, and churches should never ever be splitting over pencil issues. Yeah. Ever. Right. Even pen issues. Splitting a church or leaving a church is a big thing because you're in community with those people and those believers. So reserve the for blood issues that are these are non-negotiable part of our faiths and don't conflate non-negotiables and negotiables. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have a bunch bunch more I could throw out, but we because we don't want to we don't want to we want to keep defining what a Christian is and and uh, and actually move move into maybe a space where um, ruling out some ideas. But I think they're they're if you're wondering, if you're listening to us wondering what what are some of the 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 pen, the pencil issues that 
if we're talking about uh, there's a, a chart that I've been working off of here. Like it could be millennial views, not not like how you feel about millennials, but like <laughs> more like Christ's reign over over everything. Not not wh- whether or not you like Generation X um, or or what what are we? No, we're Generation Y. I don't even know anymore. We're just let's just we're all generations. Yeah. Huh? Anyways. Um, I think I think other you know non-essential issues could be worship style. We even get into that, Andrew. I'm sure you know. Oh. I'm sure you get that. A l- <laughs> no, don't worry, everyone. That's going to be an entire episode. Yeah, or, right. Or three-part episode. By oh itself. my goodness. Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna just call it Andrew's rant. Um, you know, dress, facial hair. That's one. You know, <laughs> is it godly to have beards or not? Food or drink? Holidays? Politics? We're gonna have an episode about politics, but we'll. I'll I'll just throw it out there. You can you can still be a Christian and have, and have different political beliefs. Now it's just kind of working through. This is where it's not it's not a very black and white statement. Then there's more things to work through on that even. But uh, we'll we'll talk about that in a future episode because it's we got an election coming up in a couple of months. So why not? Um, you know where politics came from, right? The what, word politics. Where did it come from, Andrew? Well, when you break it down, the first part is poly, which means many. Mm-hmm. And then ticks, which is a blood-sucking parasite. So, ah. Whoa. Uh-huh. We went there. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you know, Andrew, I think, it, you know, we, we've talked a lot about what it, what it means to be a Christian. What are, what are the, some of the issues that can be a little more negotiable? But now we've got to talk about what do we see today that is just clearly, by definition, just not Christian, but kind of dresses itself uh, up like that. And here's what I want to, what I want to try to do. I want to try to avoid having to use names uh, on this. I don't want, you know, you know, when you hear those podcasts where it's like, well, this person should not be listened to. Uh, they're uh, wolves in sheep clothing. Like, I let's just talk more about the what are the big ideas. And then and people, if you if you're listening and you're like, oh, I know who they're talking about. That's fine. You can do that. But I figure let's let's talk about what do we see that's just blatantly not Christian. And, and why do we say that? Why are we pointing that out? especially in culture today, because I, yeah, there are a lot of forms of Christianity that we're seeing uh, today that, in my opinion, and maybe in Andrew's opinion, are clearly not Christian. Andrew, I'm going to set you up for this one first, because I know you got, you got some, some thoughts and heart on this. You know, what would you say is clearly, without using people's names, what are, what is blatantly just not Christian? Well, Mike, if I say something is true, then it's going to come true. And that is my version of Christianity. Oh. So you might know that as the name it and claim it gospel. Mm. And if you have not heard of this, don't ever hear of it. It <laughs> is anti-Jesus. And it is the prosperity gospel. Mm. It is it is something I am fairly passionate about uh, researching and helping people to see just how dangerous it is and how quickly it can slip into our theology and so, ooh, I'm going to try not to name names for your sake, Mike. I, I, I know. But, um, you know, Christianity is not about becoming a better you. Mm. Christianity is not about the blessings that overflow into your life because of what you do and what you claim. We're talking like like material blessings, financial blessings. Is that the kind of blessings <laughs> we're defining? <laughs> that is what I'm defining. And, in fact... Uh, the book I'm reading again, Old Testament Survey, it's a great class, everybody should take it, talking about defining what is blessing. What is the blessing that God wants to give us when he talks about blessing Abraham and bless, blessing blessing his people? What does that mean? And I can tell you what it doesn't mean. 
It doesn't mean that your bank account goes up. It doesn't mean that you get a bigger house. Um, it doesn't mean that everything goes well in your career or even goes well for your family. Uh, being a blessing is getting the fullness of what God wants to give you in your life for his glory. And that last part, those last three words are the key there, for his glory, not for your glory or for your security or for your happiness. And I, I'll i tell you, I had a camp leader who, growing up at the same camp I went to, always used to say, God doesn't care about your happiness, he cares about your holiness. And I understand what people mean when they say that, but mm-hmm. I, I think even that's a really dangerous thing because I don't want to say that I think God does care about our happiness, but I think he knows that our happiness, Mike, is going to come through him and not through other things. Oh. Right? Like that is what is happening. Of course God wants us to be, he wants to experience the fullness of life that he created us to have in relationship with him, but he knows that's not going to happen by following other things. It's going to happen by following him. And so this process, ooh, now I'm rolling, man. Just roll with it, man. You got me, dude. Go there. This prosperity gospel says God does want you to be happy with the things that this world has to offer. Mm. And he wants you to be secure in your wealth and be secure in your family and get to experience the blessings of this life. And that is nowhere in the Bible. That is nowhere in Jesus' teachings. The disciples were all pretty rich guys, right, if I remember correctly? I feel like fishing was a lucrative business <laughs> when I read the scriptures. That's what I take out of it as well. So without naming names, but you can email me if you want to know names. We can talk about <laughs> yeah. it off the air. Without naming names, there are men that are men and women that are wolves in sheep's clothing that are very, very wealthy themselves and have done so off the backs of suspecting people who are trying to give money to be healed and trying to give money to gain wealth. Mm -hmm. And it is very, very clear that that is what is happening, and that is from the devil. Mm. Mike. Boom. What what are your thoughts on that? So glad I got you going on that. Um, You know, there's a a movie that I have yet to see, but I, uh, I, I feel like... Uh, I need to see it, and you've seen it. You've recommended it to me. Do you want you want to recommend it to Mike? The... I've seen it like three times, and you haven't seen it once. I know, I know. Come I had to rewatch on. The Office over again. Well, that's an annual thing. So if you haven't done it this year, you need to get The Office in first, <clears throat> or in Parks and Rec as well. No, I'm so glad you brought that up. So it's on Netflix, uh, which I know is going through some controversy right now in other areas, but worth it to watch this movie. It's called American Gospel: Christ Alone. Mm. And this documentary highlights a couple of things. The first quarter of it is all about what is the message of the gospel. And it lays it out very explicitly. And it's fantastically done through interviews of major church leaders, men of integrity throughout our country, who uh, Matt Chandler, to name one, and that are explicitly laying out the gospel and Mm -hmm. really how it's supposed to look. And then interspersed in there a little bit starts to mention the prosperity gospel and starts to juxtapose prosperity preachers versus what the gospel says. And then the last three quarters of it dives into the dangers, the evils of the prosperity gospel and how it is crippling, not only Christianity in America, but Christianity in the world. These, because these are the televangelists that are getting out on the airwaves that a lot of times people in other countries who may not have local churches and local scriptures, this is what they're seeing. And this is what they're learning from these guys. And it is, these guys are paving the path to hell. For people's souls. 
I know you can't see it, but Andrew's face is like red with fury. Just like sweat. Just as dripping. Almost as red as like your Arkansas pullover that you're currently wearing. Man. Ugh, I do bleed Arkansas <laughs> red. Yeah. No, and and I so I totally agree with you. I, I think I think gospels that let's say that, you know, it's about health and wealth. Uh to me, that's that's not a message of the gospel at all. And, you know, I, I, like you said, I, I think I think God does care about our our happiness to a degree as as long as it's based on holy type things right if it's based on himself and i think the the health and wealth gospel prosperity gospel is more focused on your your worldly kingdom versus the kingdom of heaven that you are eventually going to go to and yeah and there's been a lot of bad things that come out of that um maybe we'll have to have an episode just just on that alone i i'll throw this one out there here here's one or i i think is just blatantly not christian uh, is kind of this idea of a, or I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it as a liberal Christianity. And I'll, let me just break it down a little bit. But here's what I mean. Uh, I, I think we talked about there's negotiable issues that we can wrestle with. And there there are some things uh, about liberal Christianity that is a taking of the foundation of of God and making it something else. So like I would, I would just kind of give it uh, bullet points like this. So liberal Christianity is where faith is not based on external authority, so i.e. it's not based on the word of God, or where faith is about the way of Jesus, but not about what Jesus stood for. So like maybe sometimes we hear life is more about just just act like Jesus and, you know, let's disregard the message of Christ. And I don't think you can do that. Um, I think both are, are essential. Social justice. Yeah. Well, and that, and that, one's, that one's a hard one too, right? Because I think the Bible stands on justice issues. But and we'll talk about this in another episode. But not apart from a spiritual, right? Right. So that that's where it gets really where it gets really fuzzy. Or or sometimes we see in liberal Christianity where faith is made re- more relevant based on the culture, even if that means just disregarding, uh, you know, the the foundations of the faith. And so um, I, I think we see a lot of this. And so where I'll, I won't say his name, but like where we can take texts we don't like, right? We can take certain doctrines, like the doctrine of hell, and and then try to justify whether or not that's there or not, or say it's not there, and and then and just say, well, God is a God of love, right? There is no such thing as judgment. Like to me, that that is that is completely breaking down some of the foundations of Scripture, right? If you, you know, the foundations being that we are sinners, supposed to be saved by grace. If we don't, there there is an eternal judgment. I don't like the doctrine of hell. But just because I don't like it doesn't mean that we can just throw it out. And that's sometimes what we see uh, with different authors who will kind of reshape Christianity to fit what they want versus what it actually is. And I think that's that's a that's a concern, and, and that's something that we need to be cautious of. So sometimes you'll hear people make some very you you if you I think this is good for anyone, right? Even for us, if you're listening to us and we're making claims, uh, it is always good to fact check it yourself, right? No, yeah. you won't find anything. We're trustworthy. So I you think. can listen to us, but I, I think it's it's for anything, right? Especially when we're making big time claims about Christianity, and even with all these like social justice issues, which again I think we 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 really need to talk about at some point, um, especially political. You know where where politics comes into that, but at the end of the day, your your convictions have to be based on on the cross, right? On the cross of Christ, on what Jesus did for us, and and if if you have a belief where it makes Jesus or what he did less or his message less, then I think I think we have a, a huge issue here that has to get worked out. And that is where, that is why I have a problem with the idea of a social justice gospel. Mm-hmm. It is 
helping sure. people helping people is phenomenal and it's part of our mandate yeah help the poor and help people less fortunate than us but if you're not doing it as with everything in our lives as followers of Christ with Jesus at the center with the hope and idea of telling people about Jesus and how he is the way to reconcile our relationship with God which is really the ultimate importance if you're not helping people with that in mind you are missing the message. You are missing the message of Christianity. Yeah, and it could be argued that in some of those situations, you're doing more detriment than good. Yeah, that, that you're telling those people Christianity is about purely helping the physical need, and it is not purely about that. Yep. Oof. Yep. So application, if you're listening to us and you're like, okay, so I've heard a lot of different things. Maybe you're still maturing in your faith. Uh, you're still trying to determine what it means to be a Christian. Andrew, do we know any scripture that is a, um, here's how you know if you're a Christian. Like, or, or here's here's some text that I'd say, that we would say go to if there's any question as to, you know, if you're, if you're wondering if you're a believer or not. You got any ones in particular? Mm, Revelation 21.8. <laughs> which which one's that one? Revelation 21.8, liars go to hell. <laughs> so. There's even a song to that, right? Revelation, Revelation. We won't sing it for you. Uh, no, I think Romans 10, 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I don't know how it gets a whole lot more clear than believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that it is all about Jesus being Lord, that God raised him from the dead after dying for our sins. That is what, that is the heart of it right there. Mm. What about you, Mike? Yeah, no, I like that. I, uh, uh, I'll take another a Paul, a Pauline letter, um, Ephesians 2, uh, verses 1 through 10, and, and uh, I'll just read a couple of it. But, uh, you know, it basically starts by saying, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. And I'll just skip down because I think I think this is this is the big part. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So I think about that where, you know, if you're living in a, in a version of Christianity um, or you've tried, or you tried so hard to work for God's approval. I want to just encourage you to 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 recognize that there's nothing you can earn, but God is freely giving giving that grace uh, to you. And I think that's like you said, like that's where we start, right? Should you be part of a church community? You know, should you tithe, right? Should you, you know, be you know, be doing this, this, and this? Oh, sure, right. Like we could definitely talk about that, and we want to be careful not to like make Christianity a place where you have to, you have to do a certain list of things in order to be, uh, to actually be saved. When scripture lays it out, it is through faith that we are saved. And those things come after that, right? Those things come as a response to that, which is why I don't want to like discount the importance of those things, but start first with, you know, you are, you are a sinner saved by Christ, right? That's, that's key right there. And then, you know, let the word of God that, is a big part of our faith. Just continue to, to grow and mature you to be a more full-fledged follower of Jesus. It's a journey. Sanctification. Nobody's perfect at it, and nobody starts perfect at it. The entire process of coming to Christ is a response to who he is. And so becoming like him 
and adding these other essential things, like you just said, are all responses to learning more about him and following him more closely. Yep. So, yep. Super cool. All right. Well, Mike, we've come to the end of another episode of the Redeeming Church podcast. And as always, we'd like to thank people who helped to make this happen because despite the good appearance we put on, we don't make this happen all on our own. Many thank yous to be given out. Mike, is there anybody this week that you would like to thank? You know, Andrew, I want to like I'd like to thank uh, uh, our our seminary for uh, our, our Christian education mm-hmm. for helping us to to learn and grow. Because I, but by the way, you don't have to be like you know if you're listening to us, like man, those guys like they 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 seem to know their so stuff. Smart, they're so smart. Um, you we know, know, we we, we have, want you to know that we know that. Yeah, we, know. <laughs> we we also want you to know that you know we. We have benefited a lot from just seeking out and, and looking for ways to grow. So I want to I want to send a shout out to our our our, our seminary education. Are you going na- to name the university? I'm going to name the university that we go to, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. Uh, we we certainly appreciate them. Thanks for that for that. And then I think they, uh, you know, if you're ever interested in taking a class, you can you can audit a class. You can take an online one. You know, mm. they got all sorts of options. But yeah, that's 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 my thank you for this week. Mm. You got you got any Andrew? It's good stuff. You know, I think I'd like to thank Christian Bale <laughs> because uh, I don't know if he's a believer or not, but Christian, come and talk to me about it. But, you know, I really enjoy really enjoy this stuff. In fact, we just watched uh, Ford versus Ferrari the other night. Oh. It's a pretty fun little, little flick. So thank you, Christian. You're a great actor. <laughs> You're a great actor. Appreciate You're a great Batman, too. Appreciate you. You were the best. Sorry, George. <laughs> George Clooney? Yeah. And ben, ben Affleck. George Clooney's not even in my top five of bad men. <laughs> I can't believe you even brought his name up. Whoa. So, appreciate you, man. Okay, thanks for joining us. As always, we encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'll pump them out every other Wednesday. And if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, let us know. You can find our information in the show notes of the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And um, until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Mike, and this was episode three of the Redeeming Church Podcast. Mm-hmm.